Hey weirdos, before we begin today's show, I need to first apologize slash give a disclaimer. And, and no, none of the that adult stuff as that should be obvious by the title and for all of you returning weirdos out there. No, I need to apologize as this episode won't have as many of the fun, weird sound effects as normal. Why? Well, because being an adult is hard. <laughs> well, truthfully, it's because this last week, my roommate Emily and our dogs, Dolly and Ron, we have moved from our tiny little apartment to a house with a huge backyard. But since we had to rush and pack all of our moving into uh, only one day, which was Sunday, uh, that meant that I had only Monday today to add finishing touches, record, and edit today's podcast. So because I already know that this episode isn't at the quality I want it, I figured that I should focus more on the content versus the funny, noisy gimmicks that uh, come along with it for fun. But even if this episode isn't exactly what I want it to sound like, I do have faith in the content. And after all, that's why you all tune in. So to grow your beautiful, weird mind brain. Anyways, please enjoy this special Valentine's Day episode. Love ya! Ah, love Valentine's Day! Love is everywhere on this chocolate-filled day. It's the day for you to share with the one that you love so that you can fulfill your parents' hopes and dreams of you making a sweet, sweet baby via sex. Unless, of course, if you're single, then I guess you uh, just get to love yourself. Oh, yeah. Let's get that vibrator out, ladies. Welcome to Weird Animal Facts Explicit, a show dedicated to the weird, odd, unusual, gross, and oftentimes disturbing facts about animals. Since I find myself single yet again this Valentine's Day, as I'm sure many of you do as well, there is no need to panic, nor any reason for you to go get drunk on rosé and swipe through the human trash selection that is on Tinder just so that you can get fucked tonight. Because your animal care professional friend Deidre here is here to tell you that you don't need a man. And I know how it is. The pressure. I'm in my 30s and haven't had anything close to a prospect of a husband who would give me his sperm so that I can give my parents grandchildren. I understand the pressures not only family but also society puts on us single folks. I'm just lucky my sister popped out her second baby so to keep the attention off my single life for yet a, maybe another few months at least. But if you are like many of us in this world, single, out of the loan, hand over fist, re-watching episode two of Pam and Tommy just so you can see ass and dick, you don't have to worry or feel bad about going it alone. As there are many animals in the world who don't need a man to make their begging for grandchildren parents happy. That's right, just because this is Valentine's Day episode does not mean we have to talk about love between a man and a woman. Oh no, we're talking about the love you give yourself. Self-love! And the ultimate biological term for self-love is asexual reproduction! Don't get carried away or worried, as we human women have yet to produce offspring without the sperm of a man. So we need men still to have a baby. So Go, go ahead, feel free to recharge your magic wand, pop open the top of your lube, and keep at it. Fun fact, according to Christian theology, Mary was a Jewish woman who was married yet hadn't had sex with her husband Joseph nor anyone else. Yet somehow she popped out the savior of the world, Jesus Christ. So she had to have fucked somebody in my opinion, maybe 
The Holy Spirit? Who are you? The name's Spirit. Holy Spirit. My boss sent me down here to fuck you. What? Relax, honey. Just like Pam's sex tape, this is gonna make you famous. Asexual reproduction! What is it? And is it as pleasurable as me alone in my room? Probably not. As penetration isn't happening, but what is happening is babies, somehow. Asexual reproduction. Reproduction without union of individuals or gametes. Let's back up for a second, because even though this is a podcast for adults, from my sexual experience, there has been some people out there who uh, don't know what sex is. So let's cover that. In the grand scheme of life, and according to the great Charles Darwin, the only way to live is to fuck. So to create offspring is what we're talking about, so that your offspring can carry on your genes for eternity. And that's how you live forever. The normal way of reproduction is sexual reproduction. This is what you see in porn. A man and a woman unite, and the man deposits his gametes, aka sperm, into the woman whose body then does the whole create life thing, and voila! A beautiful baby mixed copy of both the mommy and the daddy. That's the purpose of sex. I mean, the purpose of sex should be to make you feel good, but let's just take the subjectiveness out of it and simply look at sex and reproduction as a function. Hey, ladies and lads, does your partner want to have sex, but you're just not up to it in the moment? Well, I'm here to tell you that there's a simple and easy solution to get your partner on the same page as you and out of the mood. Here are some examples. I don't see the fusion of our haploids in our future this evening. I'm sorry, honey, but this organism isn't feeling optimal in the processes of combining her genetic information on a single cell of chromosomes via gametes with the opposing organism before her tonight. Through our studies and experiments, we have found that the heavy use of scientific terms in the bedroom is a great way to turn your partner off. Give it a try the next time you simply want to go to sleep. In the world of asexual reproduction, typically it is reserved for unicellular organisms. Well, there goes my heart on. Or plants. And now it's back! Woo! Nothing does it for me quite like a Christmas tree. Unicellular organisms are things like bacteria, for example. But there are some multicellular or animals, animals, because it's weird animal facts, that can create life without a mate. Animals like jellyfish, sponges, hydra, worms, insects, lizards, and yes, even sharks can all create life without a sperm. But how? To understand how this works, we have to break it down. In the animal world, there are four types of asexual reproduction. Fission, budding, fragmentation, and parthenogenesis. Parthenogenesis. I might fuck that up later. And we're going to talk about each one. Time to learn. Fission. Like the great Red Sea, I shall split thee. Okay, for all you si real sciencey nerds out there, I know what you're thinking. You're Croates. Yokurates, saying that wrong probably, they don't do fusion. Fusion. Huh, words are so hard. <laughs> because that's reserved for bacteria and archaea. Archaea. Oh, this is going to be a tough episode. Quick, fast facts for you non sciencey nerds out there. Eurocratos, bacteria, and archaeanus, mm, saying it wrong probably, are the three groups of organisms of the domain. So you know that song, right? Kingdom. Class. Order. Family, genus, species. 
Before the song even starts, like above kingdom, that's the domain. And that's where we're at, what we're talking about. Eukaryotes, mm, fucking saying it wrong every time. Like us humans, we have a nucleus. Bacteria and archaea don't. You should be familiar with bacteria, so I won't get into that, but archaea, A-R-C-H-A-E-A. Anyways, they are very similar to bacteria. Most live in like extreme environments, like the hot springs of Yellowstone, for example. But some also live in your gut alongside the bacteria. So there's a bit of a difference between them that uh, we won't quite get into. But the reason why those real sciencey nerds may have a problem with me including fission in this episode is because Eurocrates don't do this. We do mitosis. Well, what is happening? It's been over a decade since I was in school, and you expect me to remember all this shit? No, I don't. But maybe you might be familiar with these words. Mitosis is the splitting of a parent cell into two daughter cells, basically making a copy of itself. Bacteria and archaea make copies of themselves, too. We just called that fission. So, my... Mitosis is like how identical twins are made? Exactly! Yeah, yeah, you got it. However, those eggs are already fertilized, so not quite asexual reproduction, but it's the same concept. Then why the fuck are you talking about fission if animals don't do it? Because if you look up asexual reproduction in animals, this will definitely pop up in your search, and I don't want you to get confused and think animals do this because they don't. The internet can be wrong sometimes. Then why does it pop up when I Google it? Because of search engine optimization. However, though, it is said that some coral reproduce via fission. So there, there's your animal, dirtbag. Well, yeah, it's an animal, barely. Okay, hey, hey, we're playing horseshoes and hand grenades here. Like, just like a drunken knight on Tinder, we've got low standards, but we still have standards. Budding. Now we're getting into animals. And I just realized that sounds kind of dirty, but not like that. And I mean like real animals too, right? And I would describe budding. And since I'm describing it, you're going to have to suffer with how I do it. And you know, actually, since I'm doing it, it's going to be good. So budding is like a skin tag in a way. Hear me out. Only instead of just chilling on your body, being somewhat annoying, it continues to grow. And as it grows, it actually grows as your clone. Then, once satisfied with its size, it pops off, and now you have a body double. Well, you're making this shit up. I wish I was. For all you Marvel fans out there, you guys remember Hydra, right? Hail Hydra, the evil bad guys who infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. and took over. Well, Hydra, well, I don't think they got their name based on this animal Hydra we're talking about. They got it from, like, the Greek mythology one, but... That Greek mythology might be, this animal is named after that. Anyways, not important, but we could say that Hydra from Marvel got their name from the Hydra animal, because Hydra animal is a real thing. What's a Hydra, you asked? Well, it's not an octopus, like the logo suggests, but good job on the marketing team, as a giant menacing-looking octopus looks way more evil and threatening over a no-face mutated human sperm-looking thing with wiggly tentacles resembling more of a unfinished drunk jellyfish of freshwater. And also, you can only see it under a microscope. So yeah, the Hydra logo is much scarier. However, the actual Hydra animal is a perfect metaphor for the Hydra hidden agents. 
It starts with one man, or one Hydra, and this one man has an idea, or a budding piece. His idea of taking over S.H.I.E.L.D. is shared with others, aka the Hydra animal budding a clone off from its body. Now there are two of them, but with both recruits, two more. And then those two recruits get two more, and so on and so forth and so forth. That's what Hydra did before taking down S.H.I.E.L.D., but you don't need to worry about the actual Hydra animal taking over the world as they are no threat to you or S.H.I.E.L.D. Fun fact, budding isn't the only way that Hydra reproduce. Some are hermaphrodites, while others have separate sexes. And instead of having a penis go inside a vagina, one, the male, will get swells all over their shaft, or gastric region it's technically called, that will fill with sperm. And that sperm kind of looks like the budding that we talked about earlier, while the other, the female, will also develop these swells uh, in a very similar fashion, but those swells are not filled with sperm, since she's the female, they're filled with eggs. When the male lets loose all his seeds, it then bonds with the eggs of the female. Then fertilization happens, and the egg separates, and an embryo is created. Other animals known for asexual reproduction via budding are jellyfish, coral, and sea anemones. For jellyfish, we actually briefly talked about how they do this in the Immortal Jellyfish episode 15. And in case you forgot, here's a flashback! Cue flashback music. Alright, now since we got the hanky-panky sexy part over with, let's get down to the life cycle. After boinking, or whatever you want to call it, since boinking technically isn't really appropriate for this. An egg is created, and then becomes a planula larva. Larva. To larvae. Which will find its way to the seafloor, and then kind of becomes a Charlie Brown-looking Christmas tree? Which is called a polyp. Next, and try to stay with me on this, as it's gonna get really weird. Imagine a can of Pringles. Like I said, weird. They're all stacked up. Well, the jellyfish is in that Charlie Brown Christmas tree stage, or aka polyp. It begins to do what is considered cloning and creates what I'm going to be calling Pringles Stacks. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. With the stalk of the Christmas tree working like a skewer holding them all in place. As each Pringle is pulled off, aka leaves the nest, a new animal is now out there in the world called and from the Ephra, it will soon transform into that Medusa. And a Medusa is what we common folks refer to as a jellyfish. Tentacles and all. Cue return from flashback music. The budding of jellyfish can take place in the developmental stage of their life. After all, they aren't just born in that Hollywood version of themselves. It takes some time to get there. It's during that polyp stage, and the polyp looks very similar to the hydra from earlier that we mentioned. But where the hydra looks to be getting ingrown hairs all over its shaft, the jellyfish creates a copy on top, as if adding another Pringle chip to the top. Then once that chip is ready to grow up, off it goes to turn into the final Medusa form. That's budding. Fragmentation. It's pretty much what it sounds like. Fragmentation. The act or process of detaching or breaking into small, separate parts. Think of a sea star. Because it's not a damn starfish, do not call it a starfish. It's a sea star because it's not a fucking fish. 
And because I already explained this in episode 41, I will not be doing that again here. But it's a sea star. As mentioned in the sea star episode 41, we talked about how if a sea star loses one of their many beautiful arms, they can grow it back, which is weirdly amazing and weird all on its own. But what about that abandoned arm? Well, if that arm is big enough, or even if the sea star is cut in half, as that would be big enough, that severed piece can create a brand new sea star. Do you think if you cut off Aquaman's leg, his leg could just grow another Aquaman? But like the Jason Momoa Aquaman, not the original. I mean, unless, of course, you prefer the chiseled, short-haired, blonde, white man in a a big-ass orange figure-skating wardrobe over Jason Momoa. I mean, to each their own. And I just realized I didn't really talk very much about uh, fragmentation, but that's kind of all it is. Literally, a fragment piece can create a new piece, life. Yeah, kind of like that. Anywho, let's go to the next one. Parthenogenesis. Hey there, woman at home. Have you ever thought about becoming a mother and the pressure of your family bearing down on you to have a child and you just can't take it anymore? So you then go to open up that dating app, but whatever you do, you find that there are not plenty of fish in the sea. Don't you wish you could still have a child, but don't want to deal with the never-ending array of blobfish? Don't you wish you could just have a baby all your own? Well, now you can with Parthogenesis. No need to sit through another boring date listening to Mr. Wrong mansplain to you how to pronounce your own name or wonder if he only bought you that lobster dinner in hopes to see how many treasures your cavern holds. The wait to be a mother is over, and it's true. You no longer need a man. Give us a call today to learn more about the benefits of Parthogenesis. Not available for all species. That's right. Becoming a mother has never been easier. All it takes is getting rid of the males. Or at least that's what the scientists think. Because in multiple occasions, aquariums around the world have housed only female sharks. And somehow, they had babies. Now, you may be thinking, What if one was really a male and the caretakers just couldn't tell the difference? Um... Well, no, they can tell the difference because it's not just like you look. Well, actually, with sharks, it is you just look. Um, But also, there's DNA testing. Well, if they're doing DNA testing, then they can find out who the dad is. And if that female shark was just storing sperm like many of the other animals who already do it. Um, You're right. And in fact, there has been some findings of sharks who do store sperm. But it's in the DNA testing that reveal all. Mama Shark here, who has a a one-year-old baby shark who's sitting backstage with Grandma Shark. And for those of you just joining us now after that commercial break, here on stage with me, we have Mama Shark, who is convinced that Daddy Shark is indeed the father. Well, I can't be the daddy. No, I can't. Settle down, Daddy. Mama, let's go to you for a second. Was Daddy surprised when you told him that you were pregnant? He sure was. I mean, he shouldn't have been. Well, of course I was shocked. I ain't swam in the same pool with her since Monterey Bay. There are only, that was like five years ago. How can I be the daddy after fucking her five years ago? We don't use that language here, sir. Well, I ain't ever been with no other shark boys, only girls in my pool. And as we all know, that don't work that way, no matter how hard you try. Well, I just, you just want my pup support. I'm not giving you none of that. That's my hard-earned money. 
fish money, fish money, shark money, whatever. Yeah, that's what the animal caretakers are for, to take care of you and your baby. Oh, and all your lesbian lover sharks. I don't know how to do it. But that ain't true. I want the drug. All right, we can settle this all right now, as I am being handed right now the results. <gasps> oh, shit. In the case of one-year-old baby shark, daddy shark, you are not the father. <gasps> yeah, yeah, I told you. I told you. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? I mean, look at the baby. Look at the baby. It's not mine. This shit happens. I mean, maybe without the riled up audience, but this seemingly virgin birth has happened in multiple animals that aren't invertebrates. In addition to sharks, other animals that have reproduced asexually via parathenogenesis aren't invertebrates like stick bugs and bees. But for those vertebrates out there, animals with backbones, FYI, lizards! And since lizard people, as they say, do exist, all the single female celebrities could have a baby without a man. That is, if if lizard people were real. But until that gets revealed by Murray himself, uh, my bet is no. In the southern United States, specifically New Mexico and Arizona, there is a species of lizard that lives as freely as the Amazonian warriors that Wonder Woman originally came from. Because... They are all female. Who run the world? Girls. Who run the world? Girls. These are called New Mexican whiptail lizards. And the findings of these lizards being all female is actually fairly recent. Like the 60s, perhaps, I think. If I'm remembering correctly, because I didn't write that part down. Because unlike sharks, where you can look and see, oh, yes, that there is a man. You can't really do that with lizards, as their sex organs don't dangle around freely for all of us to see. Right now, if you're drifting off and aren't using your brain in an attempt to problem solve, then you are simply accepting this fact that, yeah, some animals, female animals, could just have a baby without a man. Cool, I'm taking that fact. But, also, I do want to thank you for having such blind faith in my words. But for those of you sitting there yelling at your phone, this doesn't make any fucking sense! How can a species survive with only females? Doesn't everyone want sperm? What? No. Need? Well, not necessarily. In the case of the sharks that live in the aquariums, you could say that their situation was similar to the original Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. And you could argue that these all-female lizard colonies found their own way. A way free of man! But how exactly does this work? How do animals like sharks, stick bugs, bees, and yes, even the Komodo dragon have babies without the egg being fertilized. It's simple. Mitosis. Oh, wait a minute. Mitosis. That sounds familiar. Well, it should because we just talked about it within this episode. And in case you forgot, I want you to think back to college or maybe high school, especially if you don't have a fancy BS degree like me. And hopefully in that high school biology class that you took, you learned about a term called mitosis. And what is mitosis, in case you've already forgotten? It is cell division. You take a cell, break it into two, and then each one of these new cells both have the same number and types of chromosomes as the original did. And by the way, our cells perform mitosis regularly. Like whenever you cut your body shaving, the cells of your body splits so that they can create more identical cells so to, so to patch up that bleeding cut. 
pathogenesis is just that, only with eggs. For the single female, or even lesbian couples wishing to have a baby without the involvement of a dick or sperm, this sounds like a dream. Unfortunately, though, humans can't do this, so sorry to get your hopes up there, lesbian couples. I know, I know, you'd be great mothers, but you can't just do it without a dick. I mean, you can, but you need the sperm. You need the, the, the dick sauce. And as amazing as this sounds, um, there are some downsides uh, to this baby mama copy machine, such as diversity, specifically genetic diversity. And I want you to think about cheetahs now, who cannot reproduce asexually, okay? They, they still need a man. What we're talking about isn't about how they reproduce. What I'm talking about is genetic diversity. And I bring up cheetahs because their population is dwindling, and a large part of the reason why is because there aren't very many individuals around for them to choose from. I mean, we humans, we are very lucky. We've got all the dicks we could ever want and choose, plus some more. Got big ones, small ones, curvy ones, pink ones, brown ones, you name it, we probably got a dick with your name on it. And if you get a different dick, it means it's got different genes. If a population isn't able to have a wide variety of genes, then mutations can develop. And I'm pretty sure we've all seen some mutated dicks out there, but that's that's not the same like genetics that we're talking about here. Alright? There is diversity. That's just woo, I don't even know. And I'm not saying that this this is the case for the female-only population of whiptails that they, you know, their, gen their simple genetics might lead to mutations. What I'm getting at is that without having genetic diversity, then the population is at risk of being wiped out from a disease or any other changes in the environment because since their genes are all so similar, it'd be harder for them to adapt to any changes that may occur. Think of it like if you're only eating like the wheat check cereal pieces out of your Chex Mix. I mean, sure, it will clench your appetite, but what if you kept dropping the bag and then once you opened it up, you found out that all your favorite wheat check pieces were destroyed? Well, you can't eat those anymore because they're dead. All right, disclaimer with this. You, if this happens to you, eat something else, okay? This is an example. It's not real life. End of disclaimer. If there is this great risk to dying due to not having genetic diversity, because let's face it, it's not just pathogenous uh, individuals who are at risk at this, but all the other ones that we listed too. And if that's the case, why perform asexual reproduction at all? If there's that risk, I don't want my whole population to die. All right, they're not that smart to think about that. I mean, maybe they are. I don't know what's going on in their head. But the reason why asexual reproduction is a thing is because it's fast and you still carry on your genes. Plus, like in the shark's case, if there aren't any males around, sometimes you just gotta get shit done. And women all over the world are known for getting shit done. And it's typically done at a much better standard than the males. Scientific names are hard. This is the part of the show where I attempt to read a scientific name, and I thoroughly suck at it. For those of you who listen to me attempt other science and normal words earlier. <laughs> this is gonna be great. Let's begin with one of the animals from the budding category, the Hydra. Here is the Hydra's scientific name. Hydra vulgaris. All right. Next we have fragmentation. We're gonna skip that only because um, I already talked about a sea star, so go check that episode out if you wanna know some of their scientific names. Not gonna put myself through that pain again. Then we'll jump to Parthenogenesis. 
we will begin with the zebra shark. Stegostoma fasciatum. That was okay. Then finally, we have the all-female herd. Herd? Group? I know what a group of lizards is called. They're called cool. That's what it is. The new Mexican whiptail. Oh, fuck. C-N- Snimidophorus neo-mexicanus. Scientific names are hard. So for all you single ladies out there, this Valentine's Day, even if you don't have that special someone in your life, take some time for yourself. Lock your room, put on some sexy music, dim the lights, light some candles, and dust off your old reliable masturbation tool of choice, and go at it as if you were going to repopulate the earth in the ways of the animals. Asexual reproduction style. Stay weird. <laughs>